This is Charles Spurgeon's sermon, Indwelling Sin, the second part in a series of three. Thus we have mentioned the fact that the best of men have sin still remaining in them. Now I will tell you what are the doings of this sin. What does the sin which still remains in our hearts do? I answer. Experience will tell you that this sin exerts a checking power upon every good thing you have felt when you would do good that evil was present with you just like the chariot which must might swiftly go down the hill you have had a clog put upon your wheels or like the bird that would mount towards heaven you have found your sins like the wires of a cage preventing your soaring towards the most high you have bent your knee in prayer, but corruption has distracted your thoughts. You have attempted to sin, but you have felt Hosanna's languish on your tongue. Some insinuation of Satan has taken fire like a spark in tinder and well nigh smothered your soul with its abominable smoke. You would run in your holy duties with all alacrity. But the sin that doth so easily beset you entangles your feet. And when you would be nearing the goal, it trips you up and down you fall to your own dishonor and pain. You will find indwelling sin frequently retarding you the most when you are most earnest. When you desire to be most alive to God, you will generally find sin most alive to repel you. The evil heart of unbelief puts itself straight in the road and saith, Thou shalt not come this way. And when the soul says, I will serve God, I will worship in his temple, the evil heart saith, Get thee to Dan and Beersheba, and bow thyself before false gods. But thou shalt not approach Jerusalem. I will not suffer thee to behold the face of the Most High. You have often felt this to be the case. A cold hand has been placed upon your hot spirit when you have been full of devotion and prayer. And when you have had the wings of the dove and thought you could flee away and be at rest, a clog has been put upon your feet so that you could not mount. Now, that is one of the effects of indwelling sin. But indwelling sin does more than that. It not only prevents us from going forward, but at times even assails us as well as seeks to obstruct us. It is not merely that I fight with indwelling sin. It is indwelling sin that sometimes makes an assault on me. You will notice the apostle says, O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of death? Now, this proves that he was not attacking his sin, but that his sin was attacking him. I do not seek to be delivered from a man against whom I lead the attack, but it is the man who is opposing from who I, whom I seek to be delivered. 
And so sometimes the sin that dwelleth in believers flies at us like some foul tiger of the woods or some demon jealous of the celestial spirit within us. The evil nature riseth up. It doth not only seek to stop us in the way, but like Amalek, it labors to destroy us and cut us off utterly. Do you ever feel, beloved, the attacks of inbred sin? It may be you have not, but if not, depend upon it, you will. Before you get all the way to heaven, you will be attacked by sin. It will not simply be your driving out the Canaanite, but the Canaanite with chariot of iron will attempt to overcome you, to drive you out, to kill your spiritual nature, damp the flame of your piety and crush the new life which God has implanted in you. The evil heart which still remaineth in the Christian doth always, when it is not attacking or obstructing, still reign and dwell within him. My heart is just as bad when no evil emanates from it as when it is all over vileness in its external developments. A volcano is ever a volcano. Even when it sleeps, trust it not. A lion is a lion even though he play like a kid and a serpent is a serpent even though you may stroke it while for a season it slumbers there is still a venom in its sting when it azures scales invite the eye my heart even though for an hour it may not have had an evil thought is still evil if it were possible that i could live for days without a single temptation from my own heart to sin it would be still just as evil as it was before. And it always either displaying its vileness or else preparing for another display. It is either loading its cannon to shoot against us or else it is positively at warfare with us. You may rest assured that the heart is never other than it originally was. The evil nature is still evil. And when there is no blaze, it is heaping up the wood wherewith it is to blaze another day. It is gathering up from joys, from my devotions, from my holiness and from all I do. Some materials to attack me at some future period. The evil nature is only evil and that continually without the slightest mitigation of element of good. The new nature must always wrestle and fight with it. And when the two natures are not wrestling and fighting, there is no truce between them. When they are not in conflict, still they are foes. We must not trust our hearts at any time. And when it speaks most fair, we must call it a liar. And when it pretends to be most good, still we must remember its nature. For it is evil and that continually. The doings of indwelling sin I will not mention at length. But it is sufficient to let you recognize some of your own experience that you may see that it is in keeping with that of the children of God for that you may be as perfect as Job and yet say 
behold, I am vile. Having mentioned the doings of indwelling sin, allow me to mention in the third place the danger we are under from such evil hearts. There are few people who think what a solemn thing it is to be a Christian. I guess there is not a believer in the world who knows what a miracle it is to be kept a believer. We little think the miracles that are working all around us. We see the flowers grow, but we do not think of the wondrous power that gives them life. We see the stars shine, but how seldom do we think of the hands that moves them? The sun gladdens us with his light, yet we think of the miracles which God works to feed the sun with fuel or to gird him like a giant to run his course. And we see Christians walking in integrity and holiness, but how little do we suspect what a mass of miracles a Christian is? There are as great a number of miracles expended on a Christian every day as he hath hairs on his head. A Christian is a perpetual miracle. Every hour that I am preserved from sinning is an hour of as divine a might as that which saw a newborn world swathed in its darkness and heard the morning stars sings for joy. Did ye never think how great is the danger to which a Christian is exposed from his indwelling sin? Come, let me tell you. One danger to which we are exposed from indwelling sin arises from the fact that sin is within us, and therefore it has a great power over us. If a captain has a city, he may for a long preserve it from the constant attacks of enemies without. He may have walls so strong and gates so secured that he may laugh at all the attacks of besiegers and their sallies have no more effect upon his walls than sallies of wit. But if there should happen to be a traitor inside the gates, if there should be one who hath charge of the keys and one who could unlock every door and let in the enemy, how was the toil of the commander doubled? For he hath not merely to guard against foes without, but also against foes within. And here is the danger of the Christian. I could fight the devil. I could overcome every sin that ever tempted me if it were not that I had an enemy within. Those Diabolians within do more service to Satan than all the Diabolians without. As Bunyan says in his holy war, the enemy tried to get some of his friends within the city of Mansoul, and he found his darlings inside the walls did him far more good than all those without. Ah, Christians, thou couldst laugh at thine enemy if thou hast not thine evil heart within. But remember, thine heart keeps the keys. Because of it are the issues of life. And sin is there. The worst thing thou hast to fear is the treachery of thine own heart. And moreover, Christian, remember how many backers thy evil nature has. As for this gracious life, it finds few friends beneath the sky. But thine original sin hath allies in every quarter. 
It looks down to hell and it finds them there. Demons ready to let slip the dogs of hell upon thy soul. It looks out into the world and sees the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. It looks around and it seeth all kinds of men seeking, if it be possible, to lead the Christian from his steadfastness. It looks into the church and finds all manner of false doctrine ready to inflame lust and guide the soul from the sincerity of its faith. It looks to the body and it finds head and hand and foot and all other members ready to be subservient to sin. I could overcome my evil heart if it had not such a mighty host of allies, but it makes my position doubly dangerous to have foes within the gates in league and amity of with a foe more vile within. And I would have thee recollect, Christian, and one more thing, and that is that this evil nature of thine is very strong and very powerful. Stronger than the new nature, if the new nature were not sustained by divine power. How old is my old nature? It is as old as myself the aged saint may say, and has become all the stronger from his age. There is only one thing which seldom gets weaker through old age, that is, old Adam. He is as strong in his old age as he is in his young age, just as able to lead us astray when our head is covered with gray hairs as he was in our youth. We we have heard it said that growing in grace will make our corruptions less mighty. But I have seen many of God's aged saints and asked them the questions, and they have said, no. Their lusts have been essentially as strong when they have been many years in the master service as they were at first, although more subdued by the new principle within. So far from becoming weaker, it is my firm belief that this sin increases in power. A person who is deceitful becomes more deceitful by practicing deceit. So with our hearts, a person who is deceitful becomes more deceitful by practicing deceit. So with our heart, it did inveigle us at first and easily entrapped us. But having learnt a thousand snares, it doth mislead us now perhaps more easily than before. And although our spiritual nature has been more fully developed and grown in grace, yet still the old nature hath lost little of its energy. I do not know that the house of Saul waxeth weaker and weaker in our hearts. I know that the house of David waxeth stronger. But I do not know that my heart gets less vile or that my corruptions become less strong. I believe that if I should ever say my corruptions are all dead, I shall should hear a voice. The Philistines be upon thee, Samson, or the Philistines be in thee, Samson. Notwithstanding all former victories and all the heaps upon heaps of sin I may have slain, I should yet be overcome if almighty mercy did not preserve me. Christian, mind thy danger. 
There is not a man in battle so much in danger from the shot as thou art from thine own sin. Thou carriest in thy soul an infamous traitor. Even when he speaks thee fair, he is not to be trusted. Thou hast in thy heart a slumbering volcano, but a volcano of such terrific force that it may shake the whole nature yet. And unless thou art circumspect and art kept by the power of God, thou hast a heart which may lead thee into sins the most diabolical and crimes most infamous. Take care, O Christian. Ye Christians, take care. If there was no devil to tempt you and no world to lead you astray, you would have need to take care of your own hearts. Look, therefore, at home. Your worst foes are the foes of your own household. Keep thine heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. And out of it death may issue too, death which would damn thee if sovereign mercy did not prevent. God grant, my brethren, that we may learn our corruptions in an easy way and not discover them by breaking out into open sin. Thank you.